Next up is public uh, public comments and announcements. Uh, we are going to be pulling agenda items number 5.9 and 5.1. Are there any other public comments? Which 5.1 and 5.9? Yes. Hmm. Are you asking for comments from the board now? Yeah, are there any comments from the board? Some staff. Good evening, Mayor, City Council, Christina Baberka, Shoreline Director. I am going to give a quick update on our wind and water sports venue, uh, give a recap of the major events that occurred in 2023. Um, so early on in the year, we had updated our wetland delineation and submitted um, an updated mitigation plan to the Corps of Engineers. Uh, April, May of 2023, we had interagency review um, for the mitigation plan, and we received those agency comments back on May 30th. Early June, uh, responses to those comments were submitted back to the Corps, um, and they requested an updated biological assessment in late July. Um, they requested that the Eastern Black Rail be included in our assessment, um, and so we worked on that in August, September. August and September. In September, we also received an additional list of comments from the Corps regarding our mitigation plan. So in December, we were able to submit the updated biological assessment, which included the Eastern Black Rail, in addition to an updated mitigation plan that includes approximately just over a six to one ratio for our impacts. Um, so right now, we're currently waiting for the Corps to review and provide us feedback on that. We uh, updated in the middle of January, and late January, they said they would start reviewing ASAP. So we're um, waiting for their review, and that's where we're at on the project. Thank you. Can this be uh, uploaded? Comments, we don't, we can't have discussion. Mm -hmm. Let me figure a way around this. <laughs> You'd say something like, I would like to see as a public comment. I'll, I would like to see. Since I didn't have my opportunity to make a public comment, yeah. I'll make a comment now. Um, love to see information posted on the city's website regarding the uh, quiet water sport park. Okay. I'm sure we can arrange something like that. All right. Any other public comments from staff? All right. Hearing none, then any public comments from the public? All right, seeing there's none, then we'll move on to approved consent agenda. Is there a motion to approve 4.1 through 4.6? I make a motion to approve 4.1 to 4.6. Second. All right, all in favor, please raise your hand. Opposed? Motion carries. Since we're pulling item number 5.1, we'll go to 5.2, which is discussion of possible action to approve the first reading of 24-01 to include section 18-19- Point two dash one in the chapter 18 of the city of South Padre Island code of ordinances regarding overnight parking prohibited in public areas. Um, 
Ed, if you could give us kind of a briefing on this real quick. Sure. I think we had a staff meeting where the city manager was recommending a, something like this be passed because of um, certain areas of the city where either a vehicle or a trailer or, or boat have been parked for not just days, but maybe at times months without moving. And that as a result, blocking some beach access parking. So I drafted a simple overnight if parking is prohibited and instead of specifying, that would apply to any vehicle, trailer or boat, and instead of specifying a certain area or street, this would basically say in any public parking area where signage so indicates that overnight parking is prohibited. So if the city wants, the city council wants to add a, another street or another area to it, they, they would just have to have a, um, a motion to <clears throat> authorize signage at a certain street and then signage would go up and instead of changing the ordinance to naming specific streets. Uh, so I would suggest on the second reading, after the second reading, you put an action item on naming a certain area. I think the, the city manager was talking about across from, what, from the, the, the transport, so yeah, some of the median parking. Uh, we would specify that area, then as soon as the signage goes up, then the ordinance would be in effect. And again, instead of naming a specific area, you could come back and name another street or problem areas as they arise, And but it would have to be approved um, by, by city council, the signage. All right. I also just put in 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. and didn't get any input about the hours. If, you know, you I think for some simplicity, or just if we do start labeling areas, maybe we should just match 18-19.2, which is the 12 a.m. to 6, 6 a.m. Okay. or yeah. whatever, and that way it keeps it consistent, it makes it easier for enforcement because someone doesn't have to remember that this area is one area and this area is another area. But that would be my only thought process. I make that change. That. In, sure. I'm sorry, Maurice. I said I would agree with yeah. what Patrick said. No problem, Mike. I just put in numbers because I didn't really get any input oh, no, no. at the time. Um, yeah, completely agree. But I think that makes a lot of sense. I thought nine would be a little too early. And that is a good idea about being consistent. Motion to approve. Second. With, with that change? Yes. I'll amend. Okay. Then we have a second. Is there any other discussion? Mayor, would that also include boats or trailers or whatever that have been there three or more months? That's what uh, it says, yes. Says vehicles, trailers, or boats. Cars, pickup trucks, four-wheel drive, dune buggies, golf cart, motorbikes, motorcycles, any propelled vehicles, and then it gets into trailers and all sorts of other stuff. So, it's because some people are using our our medians as boat storage. So, any other comments? But we could also amend that to streets, correct? Excuse. If we wanted to add that to any signage to any streets. Like right. It would just have to be approved by the city council before staff puts up signage. You'd have to have it on the agenda. Because I think it says um, where, where city council approved signage indicates. Um, the, when we do that first or second reading, well, staff, staff comes with suggestions. I'd like to see some of the, uh, the problem areas for boats where we have ramps. Well, I think that would be a second, a different agenda item, but yeah. See that in there. Actually, I, I had updated this, and somehow I maybe I didn't communicate with Nikki, but the draft I have says where city 
council approved signage indicates and that's not what the, the uh, page 98 of the packet says. It just says where signage so indicates, but I put for city council approved signage, which makes it clear that any signage would have to be approved or areas designated would have to be approved by the city council. Okay. Um, so I would make that change also on the first reading. City council approved signage, 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. Willing to amend your motion? Um, I'll amend. You're willing to second that? Second. All right, any other discussion? All right, we're going to vote on ordinance number 24-01, an ordinance of the city of South Padre Island, Texas, following adding Article 1, Section 18-19-2-1, overnight parking prohibited in public parking areas where so indicated and providing for repeal or of conflicting ordinances, providing for a penalty up to $100, for any violation, providing for severability, and authorizing the publication in caption form. All in favor, please raise your hand. Opposed? All right, motion carries. Can I say something regarding this agenda? Chapter 18, dealing with traffic, uh, we need to look at in the future again. I'm finding that our ordinance is kind of out of date. Uh, so we lowered the speed limit on Laguna to 25. It's not reflected. Also, we lowered the speed limit from Kings Court North, I believe, to the shores or past the convention center to 35 as well. So I'm thinking that um, All right, well, we'll maybe get, I can get together with Yeah, Scott you can get together with Nikki and, and make so sure we'll that we're that. in a, the right, right deal on that because I do, I'm pretty sure we did post that. So, all right. Then we'll move to 5.3, which is discussion of possible action to approve the dismissal of hotel occupancy tax penalties and interest in the amount of $1,378.96 requested by South Padre Island Inn. Rodrigo. Mayor, council members, good evening. Uh, this item was tabled from the last council meeting, uh, pending to receive additional information, which was received last week. Um, just to recap, this is the interest and penalties for uh, local occupancy tax for May 2023. Um, last, there was two issues that were brought up on the last council meeting, if my recollection is correct. One was um, the communications between our uh, collection agency, no collection agency, the, the company that collects the taxes for the city avenue and the hotel. Um, there was uh, some confusion about the taxes owed Basically, what happened is that uh, the hotel changed ownership back in 2021. At that point of time, uh, a new account uh, was created, but the old tax account was never closed. So our company that collects the taxes sent a, a notification to the old account saying that taxes were owed since 2021. Uh, but after they contact the hotel, they verify everything has been paid into the new account. When they verify the new account, they, they saw that there was uh, the taxes for May 2023 were owed, so they contact the hotel so they can, they can pay. Uh, the taxes are paid, uh, $6,500 approximately. Um, and uh, also last week, I, I, I met with Mr. Faruqi in my office, so thank you for taking the time to meet him with me. One of the things that we also discussed and also brought up during the last council meeting were reminders 
for filing and paying the taxes. Uh, I verified with him and with Avenue that the system allows you to set up for reminders uh, to file the taxes before the due dates. We also discuss uh, reminders after uh, the deadlines. I contact Avenue uh, about that and uh, they do send uh, delinquency letters. Uh, they acknowledge that during some periods of times of last year they were late, uh, but after I talked to them, uh, they were back on track to send delinquency letters too. So I don't know if I'm missing anything else, but uh, that's kind of the information that was uh, covered or requested from last council meeting. So. Does anybody have any questions? We this was asked to be brought back to verify what, what Rodrigo was just informing us of. Anyone have a motion? Anyone have an opinion? How many accounts do we have in collection right now? I mean, roughly. I don't know the exact number, but if you look at the quarterly report. Yeah, it was about 250000 that's yes, been so, collected. Yes, so compared to because the Because we've started tracking down some of these owners that, that weren't doing what they're supposed to be doing and all that fun stuff. Yeah, there are some more uh, short-term rentals too, relying on BRBO, Airbnb to file the taxes and pay that for the city. And so we're just informing them that no, they actually... They don't pay that to them, so. Well, I just know, like, you know, I've had experiences where I've filed taxes late or whatever, and I, with the state of Mississippi, wouldn't they wouldn't refund anything. Uh, but that's my personal experience. They didn't, they didn't give you a credit. They didn't do anything. Um, and that's because I didn't hit a button, and I forgot to hit the button. I filed my taxes. I just hit the, forgot to hit the button that said submit payments. Taxes the same. So, I feel like if we set a precedence. That's my concern. Is if we grant one, they're all going to want. Um, do you see any extenuating circumstances that would like we were in the hospital or your yeah. accountant was or or whatever? Uh, but I do think that what I feel like this is going to come up more and more. Because we're we're getting better on our collections and uh, with the Deckard process and all of that, that I think that we that that we need to have a a policy guideline set up to where you know what forces it to go to council and and what what just stays internal or whatever it might be because we don't have that policy and I feel like this is this is just the start of people asking. I mean, this is yeah. We had two in two meetings. Yeah, but, we, I mean, this one's carried over, but we had two in one meeting, so. We'll work on a policy and come back to specifics. Anybody else have anything to say? <clears throat> I don't I don't see the hardship with it, so I'd make a motion to deny the request to um, forego the taxes, but I'd like to see uh, staff offer a payment plan to the property owner okay. for collection. Second. Any other discussion? I was going to mention the same thing. If we can work and make it a little easier on the individual, but um, I, 
I don't want to set a precedent here where, and we've got other issues within the cities with granting somebody, whether it's a, Way, waivers from certain Waver, things yeah, have a, a way of tumbling down and creating bigger problems. Like that little bitty snowflake rolling down the hill. So, <clears throat> little bitty snowflake. snowflake. It might become an avalanche later. I don't know what he's getting at, but we'll go with that. So, I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> um, all right. Seeing that there's no other discussion, all in favor, please raise your hand. Opposed. Motion carries. All right, we're going to go to 5.4, which is discussion of possible action regarding noise complaints at 2600 Gulf Boulevard and staff report pertaining to the draft approval of Chapter 12 of the City of South Padre Island Code of Ordinances. I will make a note that apparently our motion was a little bit vague at the last meeting, and so we will be bringing Chapter 12 for approval back up at the next meeting uh, just so that we clean house and, and make the motion a little bit better. Um, other than that, Chief, if you could run us through this spreadsheet that you worked up on calls for, for um, that area. Good evening, Mayor, City Council, Claudine O'Carroll, Police Chief. So what we did was we went back over the last two years. Uh, we paid particular attention to um, the calls for service that were mentioned here at the last city council meeting and they are the ones in green um if you can see from this spreadsheet so we had eight noise disturbance calls at the location during 2022 we had 18 during 2023 with seven during 2023 requesting contact the complainant actually requesting contact out of those calls we register one two when you're saying request over the over the decibel or close to over close to or over the decibel reading when you're saying just to help people out when you're when you're saying requesting contact you're talking about the complainant whoever's calling you ever made the call okay so a lot of times we'll have somebody call in a complainant and we say dispatch automatically says would you like uh, officer contact? Do you want the officer to make contact with you? And for various reasons, you know, sometimes it's inconvenient. You know, they really don't need contact. The, the answer is no. Please just go make contact with where the action has taken place and take care of it. So um, it says there, code five contact. So that that is where they either request it or they don't. Uh, and these ones that were highlighted that were mentioned at the previous city council meeting, there's several there. There's one there, which is 23 0014009 Contact was made, and that was over the actual range. Uh, it was a mariachi band that was hired for an event, and uh, they were over the decibel reading. They complied by shutting it down, and we did do a written warning uh, on that. Uh, they complied when we asked them. Uh, there was another, I'm sorry? Three in the morning, huh? The 259 is AM. Mm -hmm. yeah. So for reference, when you see time here, it's military time. Military time. Where we've, we've, we've had that, that confusion before. So mm -hmm. like the first one, it was 3.20 in the morning where there was an after party event. That might be the, the bear thing. Um, and then, you know, where you see these times, yeah, that's, that's 3.13 in the morning. That's, you know, probably whatever so so going through just pretty much the calls for 2023 just to explain it 
The first one was after midnight, obviously. It was uh, the 7th of January after midnight. It was loud music yelling and it was stopped. Uh, there was no contact there. The next one down is on, sorry, I'm trying to, the next yeah. one is uh, April 17th. It was at 2.33 in the morning, complied. No, 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 loud music, loud music in the parking area going down. The next one was the 20th of May. That's the citation number that was issued. It was a warning. It was between 68 and 80 decibels. Uh, they complied. In most cases, when we made contact with management, they turned off the music or they complied or they shut it down. Um, the next one was June 23rd. It was at 10.46 at night, complied. There was no contact with code five. The manager was notified. We took a reading. The low was 45, the high was 60. It was bar, bar with loud music. Officers did make contact, female bartender who complied with lowering uh, the music, 624 um, at 2.59 in the morning. Um, that was the mariachi band that we just talked about a few minutes ago. Uh, July 1st, 1911, so that was 7.11 at night. It was a reading of 73. They were within uh, range, but the bartender did agree to lower the, no uh, the music. The next one was July 1st. It was at 913. Uh, there was no fireworks identified at the time. That doesn't mean it didn't happen, but when we got there, there was none active. Loud music complainant stated he got readings of, this was the complainant that called in, said he got readings of 90 decibels. Uh, the officer's readings were 70 to 75. The next one was July 1st again. Uh, yes, there was contact this time. Two calls received. One canceled the call because he found out the other complainant was also calling from embassy. Uh, re he stated readings were 89 to 90 decibels, but did not say what the reading was taken with. Loud music from Cocoa Beach. 7-1, uh, we're still on 7-1, no violation, but music was shut down for the night after contact with several complainants. 7-13, readings taken from several locations, the seawall and the entrance, acceptable level, 45 to 52 decibels. 7-14, contact made with bartender, even though they were within they were 60 to 65, the bartender did comply, shut down, and gave us uh, information stating that to them, they shut down at 11 on the weekends and 10 during the weekdays. Um, 729, loud music within range, contacted management. A lot of these cases, we did actually make contact, even if there was no contact with the complainant, we did go over and advise them that, you know, there were people that were not, um, that were being disturbed by the music. 7.30, loud music within range, contact made, 8.86, 8, loud music, 18.46 at night. Um, it, the music was off when the officers made contact. The next one was during the day, uh, 15.49. That was on 8.26, loud music. Noise was turned down prior to officer arrival. Then we jumped to December. Loud music turned down by establishment. Decibel reading is 65. That was at uh, 2242. And after midnight on 1230, no contact, karaoke group, and they went into their rooms. So that was for 23 and 22. Okay, a couple, for, just for the audience and sure. clarifications, you know, someone might say, oh, wow, why is the bar open at 3 o'clock in the morning serving or whatever? And, and our great state legislators uh change the state law that allows hotels to go 24 hours on liquor sales as long as that person is staying at the hotel 
So um, that that's kind of why you'll see something like that, where maybe something's happening later at night or earlier in the morning, I guess, if you would say. Um, and that's just because they're allowed to do that. You mentioned that, like, on one of these calls, you took them from several locations. You went to the seawall um, to read. Can you and, – and maybe – Maybe some people don't understand, and, and maybe Councilman Rico can, can help, because I know he went to a class to learn this. Um, like, my decibel reader on my phone, it's not what you all use. No. What but you? I will clarify, uh, we've had discussions. So we have actual devices that are decibel readers, and I know some of the officers, because of those decibel readers being issued out to other officers at the time, we certainly don't have enough for everybody on staff, but we're changing that. But some of the officers have used their phones. So with that said, I tried to do an error of margin. I had one of the sergeants help me out with that, and they took some readings from outside, inside, and everything else. I mean, it is all dependent on the phone, whether the microphone has sand in it, we work on the beach, whether, you know, it's all dependent. But we did come into two or three decibel difference in the phone and the actual decibel meter. So, but that'll change. We'll have a decibel meter in every car. Okay. Um, I just know there's like shields that you're supposed to use and, yes. and this and for, that. For and accuracy, yes. For accuracy. Yes. And then, you know, someone sent me an email that mentioned something about, well, it might not be at ground level, but in my condo, it's this. Well, we can't just go up into someone's condo to take a reading. It has to be taken at the property line where the offending music's coming from. Okay. I didn't. Right. Go ahead. I saw the one report mentioned seawall. Yes. I didn't see anything from the south boundary of the property. I would have to go back and look at the view of the camera. We, we usually do it from the adjacent, if it's between two properties, we do it from the property line between the two properties. Because of the ordinance, I think the ordinance stipulates the adjacent, um, because I have it here. It, it basically, it's supposed to be from the affected yes. party, the yes. one who's calling. Yes, from their property line. Well, let me pull it, I'm sorry, let me pull line. it up. Yeah, it would be the south between property the two. line. Yeah. But you'd either have to get access to that, climb over the fence, or stand out on the property line at Gulf, or what? No, there's that. There's a, I thought there was an access on the south side. The access is that the we, side. when we walked it? There is, there is the side yard setback, but that's on their property. To get to the property line, it would be right on the fence that separates the two the pool from embassy or whatever it might be, or you could go out to the north property line and measure right there where that's, the parking kind of gets into. But I mean, it's not what, I think they're having issues with the speakers going the south pointing. Mm -hmm. That's what they're, I think that's what the challenge is they're having. Exactly. North. Sound, sound does do some crazy things. No, it's it's, it's pretty predictable actually. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it doesn't do crazy things. Well, just like how it echoes if off the water. If you point a speaker one way, that's where the sound's going. If you have bass speakers there, that's where you're going to feel the, the bass yeah. moving of the air. It's not. All right. Uh, I, I see that there's some people here. Uh, does anyone want to speak and, and have a comment? 
Uh, I do know that you all met with the owner of the, or that that some of someone of you all met with the owner's representative on the third. Uh, and it looks like you know you started having a decent conversation. And I know that I personally spoke to the owner, and he said that he would he wanted to work out many of the situations. Um, on behalf of the embassy, we'd like to thank the mayor and councilman for all your help. John Salisbury, we have a lot of people that are sick today, so they weren't able to come. But he says thank you to the mayor and Joe Rico for contacting the owner and alerting him to our plight and potential problems with the noise ordinances. Thank you to Johnny Vega for meeting with John Salisbury, and that's the manager. So, um, we've called in because we're on a corner unit. And usually the police do come to our condo. They come inside and they do it from our balcony. Okay. Good so to know. One of the problems is where are we supposed to do it? We've had a policeman come in and say, well, we're supposed to do it from the street. And we're like, well, the street's too far. It's like 50, 60 yards. So there's been some discrepancy there. Um, on, well, let's, let's go back to... July 1st, when we did readings, we got what, okay, and I do want to say another thing is they all use their phones. We haven't seen one of those decibel meters. So the policemen that come, they're very polite, very nice people, but they've been using their phones. Um, when we did one on, on July 1st, what it reads is it shows what the reading is right at the time, which was 83. Then there was one that was 92 was the max, and the average was 85. And then they, they're vaguely pretty much the same, 88, 85, maximum 92. The maximum 92 is those big boom, boom, and you kind of feel them in your heart, and we feel them inside. We hear it inside. Well, um, so these are with that you're saying that you got or that the police got and you saw? The, no, the these are the ones that we got. Okay. So, okay. like, this goes with a note here that says complaint and stated. She got a reading of 90 decibels. Officer's reading was 70-75. Okay. Okay. So then on August 6th, we got one. It's 82 being the right when it happened, 81.5 the average, and the thump thumps are 91.1. So those are the ones that are really what's happening, I think, is that you hear those really loud basses. So what I did today is I went and took a reading, and today there's very like 70, 80 kind of nice music, but I went uh, down to the property line on our side, and the police always come in, we let them in, we give them the gate code, they, they've been to my condo, they've been out in the street, they've been out on the side. Okay, when you say you went down to your property line, can you describe that a little bit better? Okay, so we came in from the parking lot, and then past the pool, go all the way towards where the bar is, Okay. And then there's a fence between us. And on, I side on, your, on, on your on, side of the wall? On our side of the wall. And today, a very nice reading, which is what we like. It's a reading. It was 65.9. The average was 68.5. And the max was 72.6. That's kind of free and easy music. Then I waited for another song because they vary. And the other song was similar. The reading was 66.8. The average was 72. You can feel it. You, know, you hear it. It's a little bit louder. And then the max was 77.8. Um, they did want me to mention that we did, um, as you suggested, we, uh, John Salisbury, and he couldn't be here today, 
he did meet with uh, the, the uh, manager and um, uh, ironed out a little bit, but mm, there were some kind of iffy questions. Um, and, you know, he did let them know that, you know, we're, we're just kind of giving them a, a warning that we are going to start, you know, calling more. Um, it started when, you know, I told you all we had that instance, and I talked to Captain Silva, and then he kind of guided me a little bit. But I don't know if we're all on the same page on where to take the decibel, the decibel meter reading. But it sounds like now we know it's kind of where I described it, right? Right there by the wall? I would say if they can get into property, then, then okay. the chief would have to, to clarify for me because that's her. She there's there's no one at this table who's directing an officer to do one thing or another. So oh sure, sure. Except for maybe Randy. Yeah. Looking at the ordinance, it says when the sound under investigation cannot be reasonably discontinued, the background sound may be measured at an alternate location. The alternate location shall be as close as feasible to the location of the total sound measurement. Measurement may be taken by a point on adjacent public or private property on either side of an adjacent public right away or at or near the boundary line of the property where the noise sound is generated. So the officer could go to the northeast corner of their property, correct? Yes. <clears throat> oh, Coco Beach's property? Your property. Oh, of our property. Now, so... They have access. Since they're a wall right there, let's just say we didn't let them in because we weren't here, okay? Like sometimes you call it in, you might eat to, you know, go eat or whatever. Could they take the reading just right there on their property line? I mean, there's... That wouldn't be the adjacent property, correct? No, it wouldn't. It would be inside the pro their property line. Right. Okay. So they're always going to have to come in. Correct. Okay. And I do think I, I, we could test them, but I think sometimes it sounds really loud upstairs. We don't know what it sounds like downstairs. But today it was, you know, nice. I mean, when it's really loud, it's loud all over. So we, okay, so when we call, we need to make sure that they're coming inside. And I guess if they're plus or minus one or two decibels, I go, if I get a reading of 79, well, there's no need to call. And 79 is really not that loud. But if we get a decibel reading on our, you know, of... 80 or 85 or 100, you know, they're in the 90s sometimes. Chief, do you have anything to add? Do you have anything that, that you would like to see that, that could make your enforcement easier or? Sure. I mean, we want to assist with the quality of life for our residents here, so we'll do whatever's necessary you know so we're happy to respond to the calls uh, we will make sure that every every officer in their unit has a decibel meter to use one standard device that we're using I don't like the idea of cell phones because cell phones are different apps are different readings I mean they may be consistent but there is still an error of margin so we'll make sure that we address that issue and um, you know if we can facilitate anything between the owners of the hotel and like you have done, you know, we, we'd be happy to do that. You know, we'll keep an extra eye on it. I'll note right now, this whole conversation of you speaking, the average decibel reading was 61.4. 
So, I mean, there's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's. And for that particular little, area, the high is 78 during the daytime and right. the low is 71 at night. Well, I'd like to say that your phone yeah, and these other devices, there's, speaking, there's no wind dams. There's, yeah. th th that yeah. equipment is oh. not, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see the city go on by like eight or how many officers on a shift? Four to five. Five, five brand new Reed sound meters are about 500 bucks each. That's the standard for sound meters are the best on the planet. Uh, they have all the bells and whistles and they can uh, take off wind and yes. a phone is not going to give you an accurate reading. Right. And uh, if, we're, if, we, if we're going to start writing tickets, yeah. we, you know, we, sure. <laughs> we need accurate readings and we need to get these people taken care of because they want to sleep. And I'm sure the, you know, the owner of the property also wants to be in compliance. They're not I, a... I, I do agree. So I think and, we need to but assist a lot of both those parties. Calls that are documented are actually within those hours, the daytime hours. So, you know, we we can definitely make it work. Do you hear anything from the north side, from residents? Nothing. So you hit on something. That I, I mean, be valid is the placement of the speakers and the direction of the speakers. So. Let me clarify. I mean, I don't have that information here, but we okay. did go through the noise disturbances, and with that particular location mentioned as the offending uh, source of music. We, from what I hear, we've only heard from Embassy, but I mean, I would have to check that. You'd have to pull up 2700 Gulf or something mm -hmm. like that, and you didn't do that search. The logs for that, okay. yeah. All right. Um, one thing I was, sure. uh, one thing, I'm sorry. I wanted to mention is talking about the speakers. So there's some speakers up right now, and they're, you know, about this big. But when a band comes, and I know one time a band was there, and they were playing the music, it was really loud. The officers did hear it when they got off of their car, but by the time they got to our place, the, they were taking a break, so you know they didn't get to hear it. But sometimes they come in, they get a DJ, and he's got speakers that are like six feet and by four feet, and I mean they're loud, and that's the thing, it's usually when he gets the DJs in there. There's no DJ today, you know, it's just a nice winter Texan day. So that is another issue is, and we would like to still meet with the owner if possible. Um, I think the best thing that you all can do is continue conversation with the owner. Okay. Um, in my experience, the, the more and more council gets involved, it, it gets a lot more difficult. And so if, if the two parties can work out whatever they can work out to be in a happy medium, that's always the best solution. And I will call. say there are times we'll call and just call the bar, and sometimes they'll answer. We say, hey, guys, there's nobody there. We can see everything. We go, can you turn it down or turn it off? And they will. So there are times that, you know, sometimes they go no, and sometimes they don't answer. But um, could I get his phone number from somebody so that we could make a point to meet with him? I think we I think we can make that happen, but not right now. <laughs> okay. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, I don't think he'd, he'd appreciate us giving his number out. And Maybe you could make it so we can have a... Yeah, we'll, what we'll do is we'll try to track down who his point of contact is, uh, whether it being him or whether it being, you know, XYZ general manager for several of his hotels or what it might be, and we'll, we'll try to track down that, that information for you. We did him. talk to the manager. You know, well, I'm talking about he might have someone who's in charge of six or seven hotels okay. that... that that handles that for him. I don't know how his business operates. Okay, and one last question. I know we're in section B and we're at six, 78 decibels, 
and then I see there's a residential area, they have lower decibels. Is there a reason that we're- Yeah, because you're on, you're in a different zoning. That's the, the way it was set up is that you were in B zoning and not B1 and or E or A, E is, is low density, you're in high density. You're, you're, high you're density. in a zoning that allows hotels Allows a condominium to have a bar, like Sun Tide Three used to have a bar, or whatever it might be. Whereas if you go to A or E, it's only it's single family in A, with no short term rentals allowed. E it goes to single family, single family attached only. So based on your density, so the reason you're allowed to have a condo there is because of your zoning, but that also is the reason why there's a hotel there. And then you know we had we have rules about like a like a small boutique hotel of 13 rooms or less can't have a um, a bar a restaurant, but one over 13 rooms can. And, and this is created years decades ago, but that's it's a density question that zoning creates. Okay. Did you guys have anything? Oh, I said Just like if you're in downtown Dallas, living in a high rise, and you got a bar next door to you. Hi, Melissa Bryant. Um, I just have a comment about the police officers having access, and I know that they need to be on our side. Um, Meaning your side, your property side, embassy. not 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 who they're representing or who yeah. they're working for. <laughs> on the embassy side, um, Cocoa Beach. When you walk to the back, they've got a deck that's kind of open to the beach, and they have volleyball courts and everything. You can walk all the way around there, and we have a pedestrian gate with steps on that north side so it's conceivable that a police officer could walk out to the deck and just walk over and stand on those steps and that's right there where we're taking our decibel reading so in the event that um that they could that there was nobody in to let them through the gate i mean is that is that that's a possibility? A i just want to throw that out <laughs> that's a walkover or is that a a pedestrian stairway that's going through the dunes. No, that that is a gate going into our property. I know, but how, what are you walking through to get to your property? You said you walk you walk up some steps. Yes. What when you walk down those steps? What do you walk on? There's a mat that goes out to the beach. Okay. And then you don't, so you're not having to walk through the dunes. That's your primary beach access. We have two of those. Yes. You have on, two on, accesses on north and south side. Wow. We have two accesses. You know how lucky you all are. <laughs> They, they want people to like actually combine accesses and share them. So I've only been there three years, so I don't know how that happened. I, I understand that. that. <laughs> but this, this is what happens when you start getting city involved because now city is going to go, well, how do they have two beach accesses? Oh dear, I didn't mean to open up a can that. of worms here. <laughs> See what I'm saying though? This yes. is why you want to work out stuff with your own, with your neighbors. Yes. Yes. Because you start opening up questions and then all of a sudden these other questions come <laughs> I, up. I get it. And then we got my shoreline director, our shoreline director over here, who now is going, wait, what? <laughs> Taking notes. Yeah. So my question is, there it, it would be conceivably very easy for an officer to walk to their little deck right there and step over to our side, outside of our gate, but we have our little steps right there that you stand and hold their thing right there. That was okay. just a thought I wanted to toss out. If they cannot, if no one's there to meet them or to... Uh, give them the gate code, which changes every three months. So, uh, I'm sure we can. Well, first of all, you should be providing the the police with your gate code and fire department, so that way, in case there's a fire, you don't have to. We don't have to take a fire axe and 
bust down the gate or whatever it might be. And uh, well, so hopefully we, our we should have that. that. Hopefully your management company is doing that. Yeah. But I think it's more of like we're just not allowed to walk onto somebody's property just because we have the code. We have to kind of yeah. be invited in. Absolutely. That's that whole search thing and whatever. All right. Um, well, thank you very yes, much. Yes, thank you. So, Mayor, uh, one of the sergeants uh, just checked the report logs for me real quick in reference to the north side. So since January 2022, we've had no calls from the north side of Cocoa Beach. Oh, that walkway does cut right through the dunes. Curves off to the right. Okay. Yeah. All right. My name is Emily Alpert, and I just want to ask, do you have the same issue with Wanawana and with Palms on the Beach? I, I can't speak for what, what's accurate or what's not accurate because we're not, we didn't research this right now. And so by asking that question, I would say that that, that puts us in a, a bad position because we don't have all the data in front of us. Uh, I would say that based on my experience, I would say there's probably been less calls at the Palms versus Wanawanas, but I would say this is not a new problem. And as I mentioned at a previous meeting, uh, I'm aware of this being an issue 25 or 30 years ago on uh, at your location. And I know that there's other condos that have issues with their adjacent neighbors in this situation. But again, zoning allows it. And so we've got to try to figure out something. So. Just saying, every time I've been to Palms on the Beach, it's very calm. They have the same thing that they have at, at Cocoa Beach. They've got a pool, they've got a bar, they've got a restaurant. So well, I would say it's a little bit different, their operating style, but. Um, they don't have the bands my either. Point, sir. By music. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. You know, we, if I hear stuff at three o'clock in the morning, you know, it's unlikely I'm going to go back to sleep. And we've seen people dirty dancing and doing whatever. Now we need to have have it be a nicer place. I understand. I, to... I understand where you're coming from Thank on that. You. Thank you. It's hard for us to dictate what someone's business model may or may not be. Um, Anybody else have any questions or comments? I'll make a motion. Okay. I'd like to make a motion to ask for a budget amendment of up to $2,000 for the purchase of five Reed R8050 sound meters and calibrators or an equivalent brand for the use of the police department. Okay. Second. Is there any other discussion? All right. Hearing none, all in favor, please raise your hand. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. All right. Discussion of possible action to amend Chapter 15-15 Section 15-6, sign type permitted F, political signs of the city code of ordinance to include time frame permitted. Carrie, this is your item. I'll let you take it. Thank you. Um, thank you to City Attorney Ed Paganovich for doing all the research on this. So what I'm proposing is we um, establish a limit on the number of days that political signs can be put up. Um, like to see no longer than 30 days. All right, if we, if we could 
kind of stop the talking in the audience or we can go outside. Let's let's let Councilman Kerry speak, please. So um, proposing that uh, we limit the placement of signs to no more than 30 days prior to an election day. And they have to come down uh, flexible between seven and 10 days of an election day. Uh, the Texas legislature did not prohibit us from enacting ordinances restricting the signs long as it's reasonable. I think 30 days or seven or 10, it's very reasonable. And the city has a uh, very valid reason to restrict political signs to a period of 30 days. Since the number of signs that are placed on properties adjoining Pottery Boulevard creates an eyesore. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> By limiting the sign to 30 days before the election, there'll be less overlap and we'll also ensure that candidates don't leave up their signs the entire time between the March primary and the November general election. And what we're seeing, the signs that are going up right now that have been up for six months. Mm -hmm. uh, we need a, you know, as a resort community, our primary source of income is tourism. And we have an interest in ensuring that our boulevard is attractive, and especially to our visitors. Nobody wants to come vacation and have our main boulevard covered with political signs. <clears throat> Um, so I'm proposing we put a cap on it. Now, years ago, I think, Ed, when you're a mayor, there was kind of a, I don't know if it was part of an ordinance back then, There's a gentleman's agreement that we had that no political signs for local races would be placed uh, with, within or after 30 days or within a 30-day period. And, uh, That's blue. I, I thought it was part of an ordinance, to be honest, too. but... Um, and it was 30. But the fact of the matter is, is that, that the state has really limited, we can't limit size, we can't limit this, we can't limit that, but, but we do feel comfortable enough that they allow us to do a timeline on it because of the fact that the TxDOT has their, their time limits, right? And is there's 60 and 10 or something like that? Well, I think the most, the thing to compare it with is right right before the rules about what municipalities can do, they talked about what homeowners associations could or could not do, and they used 90 days before and 10 days later. Um, I'm concerned that 30 may, some courts may consider that not reasonable, and it may be better to um, either go to 60 or follow the provision before it that says 90 days and then 10 days after. When, <clears throat> Nikki, yes. like we, your last filing date is what, 90 days, 45 days, 65, 75 days before the So election? in a general election, it's typically 70, 75 days. Special election is 46. And... So in a special election, we really wouldn't, um, the 30 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yes. that would be fine. Um, and then how many days open is our filing period? It's usually. 30 days. It's 30 days? Mm -hmm. That's 105 days. Okay. Um, so we for our general election, we would announce in June that the opening dates is July X date to August X date. And that's a full 30 days. Mm-hmm. And then you have 
the withdrawal date and all those other fun deadlines. The experience, it's not the local candidates that cause the problem, though. It's the, Absolutely. Yeah, they pick them up and they don't put them up too early, but it's some of the county and state races that they're up six months before the election. Which oh, yeah, we had a, a guy running for state senator and he left them up for like, I don't know, right. four months. I called Victor several times about it. So the, it's that are per, uh, perpetual runners. You know, they're always campaigns. So the signs are <laughs> always up. And uh, that's why I think, and, you know, if you disregarding filing periods and all that, I, I think 30 days is. Well, my only concern you, is what Ed says, whether or not 30 days would be considered reasonable or not. And my thing is, is where I start looking at filing dates and what the last file date is, is that if someone's a candidate and let's just say they're honorary or whatever, and that they decide that they should have the God-given right to put the sign up the day that, that the election is the last filing date because I'm running and I want people to know I'm running, would, we, would someone come in and sue us? I think it should be more consistent with the filing dates. You know, as soon as someone files, then... You could put up a sign. Um, and I agree so. with you, by the way, that I think 30 days is more than enough. I mean, early election is what, basically 15 days before the election date, 17 days before the election date? Because this, this, this. Um, but I have worry, I'm sorry, but I have concerns about yeah. what someone might do. And this state of the law is also somewhat in flux. And if you read my memo, there's some states that have ruled it unconstitutional, and uh, it's, there's always some litigation involved with it. Um, I'm in the opinion that the city has the authority to limit the time periods, but there also has to be a removal process uh, laid out in the statute. As long as there are reasonable times and there, these type of signs are not treated any differently than other types of signs, you, you'll, the city should be fine. And a removal process is giving notice and then having some sort of fee set up Correct. that we have to build in our fee chart of what we would charge to remove Correct. a 12 by 24 sign and it could go up to a 4 by 8 sign or whatever it might be. Right. And then you'd also need to make it to where they need to remove the stakes as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's... um. Because that's yeah. another thing. Is sometimes they cut the, sta the signs off, leave the stakes, and they come back. And then the stakes just rust away, and they get reused about, you know, 10, 15 times. And, of course, we the, the law does say we, can, we cannot charge a permit fee. Right. So I'm wondering how we would have a list of these candidates that put signs up and how to contact them. Well, they're supposed to have it on their, they're supposed to have it on their right. sign, who they paid for by right. da 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 law, yes. Um, you may, you know, you're, they're also not supposed to be within 15 feet of the right of way, and you know, there's all sorts of other stuff. Well, how do you mention that? There's some lots that are just completely covered, and and you know, if you're you're on a corner uh, in traffic, sometimes they do block visibility. Um, so, <clears throat> to me, reasonable is 30 days. Everybody has their own opinions. You might say 60 or whatever, but. Um, I think 30 days is reasonable. Let's, let's no more, the, and if you want to go 60, I'll say no more than 60. I'm, well, let, let's hear from other members of the well, council, and then maybe you I'm can make a motion. Over right now. Okay. <laughs> well, I like the idea of 30 days, but it makes it also makes sense to me that we tie it to a filing date. But I would ask the question 
for, play, for, for Cameron County, for Senate, for all these other, you know, what's the filing date for those other offices? Is right. it six months out? I don't that kind of defeats the purpose if we tie it to yeah, a filing date no, if they're like, that far in advance. Like Cameron County, the filing date was when we were up there in Austin in January for an election in May, right? <laughs> Or no, primaries in March. Primary, right? yeah. Primary is March. March. So that was 90 days, basically. Um, Joe, Ken, what do you have an opinion on this? I don't know. I was going to see where Rico's coming from. He's got the votes. I would, I, I would say 60 days okay. is reasonable in the sense of, of the filing, but you got city, you got county, you got state, you got national. Gosh knows what's coming after that, but sixty days from what Ed's saying may preclude some 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 legal problems. What do you what do you think, Ed? No, I, I think I think sixty is reasonable. You know, I personally, I don't think it needs to be that much higher. Days, I wouldn't have a problem. I knock doors. You know, no. I don't need to sign. Right. But the other folks that that that. Feel that they need exposure, but you know, I don't. I don't have a problem. So draft whatever your wishes are. We have to consider if someone wins the primary, and they're going to come up in May for the election in May. Do they have to take it down and put it back up, or do they get to leave well, it up because they've won the primary? Or put a ten day. I love the ten day deal. I love that. In fact, to me, seven is enough. Um, I'd like to go 60 days from the election. Back, go backwards. Well, like, so if, you, if you win the primary, the signs come out. And then you can put them back in about 60, 60 days, days before, before the election. So, that that so, works for me. Well, yeah, because anyone you can't leave them for six months. In the primary right now, their, their next election is November. Joe said okay. 60, and I'll, I'll second it. I, well, be 60. Well, it's not a mo I, if I was going to make a motion, I'd recommend 60 days with a 10-day a removal, then have staff come up with. Some yeah. form, some form. Yeah, of, well, you're going to have to have storage of these. Yeah. <laughs> this, is not, this isn't just a. Here we go. You're going to have the staff's going to have to pull them. They're going to have to contact the people, store them, and, uh, and then have them pay a, uh, pay a fee to get their. No, yeah, this is back. this is not going to be. As... No, yeah, plus, you don't want to be. You don't want to turn into a storage yard for a candidate signs. You know, yeah, say, well, just hold on to them, and I'll pick them up in uh, March. You know, and I go. Have like a destroyed thing in there, or a daily fee for keeping yeah, it storage. Yeah, a ten dollar a day fee for storing. Disposal, disposal fee. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we can dispose of it, but like he said, if you go the other direction, you could charge Ball fifty dollars a day disposal. storage. Yeah, yeah. If we take them down after that ten day period because they didn't do it, then we start charging them. Right. So there should be a removal fee, and then yeah. an additional fee for each day that they're that we have to take, you know, store them basically. Joe, did you put that in the form of a motion? That was a motion, but yeah, okay. going going backwards from the election no, no, date. That's good. I want I didn't know if you made a formal sixty ten. So Ken second. Yes, sir. Right? Okay. Let me let me ask uh, for a little discussion. If 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 it gets out, if you leave your signs up, you're gonna get a fine or you're gonna pay storage in South Padre. That will get around real quick, especially in this county. Mm -hmm. So we may want to pursue I don't want to put any more, you know, on the uh, the police or, or the uh, inspectors, but you know, going at that aspect, you know, whether it be seven days, ten days, or whatever the motion was, um, 
I'm 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 all I'm all for that and cleaning up uh, Pottery Boulevard. There's also um, I thought for sure I saw it somewhere in all this research you read where it restricts and maybe that had to do with HOAs one candidate sign per property. Did I? Well, I think what you're getting at is one candidate. It's a, one so candidate, X so. candidate for running for state senate can't put two signs on one property. Exactly. But but you could have twenty signs on that property yeah, as yes. long as they're different. But just one sign. But is that going to get his property owner problems, Ed? Tell I think that's per lot. Pardon? Lot, not per property. Lot. Per lot. Per lot. Okay. I mean, we're not addressing that now, but and it's not part. Well, but you write that this would address? be the time to address it, and I would think limit. And okay. when you write up the ordinance, okay, we'll maybe add that in. Draft the ordinance to state that you know if a political sign is removed, it's a responsibility of the campaign's treasurer to pay. I mean, how do you make sure that, that you have someone to go after to after to collect? I guess you would. Could you do something? Put something in there like. Yeah, it would really be the candidate personally. The candidate or the treasurer or yeah. whatever, or, or the political. Maybe they're using a pack though, and they could be putting it on there. It's I guess it's whoever's names on the. I think it should be the candidate. He'd be responsible. Paid for at the bottom of who who put that. I think that would be important to have in that ordinance. Okay. I would just like to reduce the There might be some people, who, you know, with how far our districts are done, and the guy's got six, or a girl has got six signs here, he might just figure it's cheaper just to have, you know, the let the city pick them up, and I don't want to deal with them. And, right, know, that's why I think the storage fee comes into place yeah. where you can't just hold them for them because it would be cheaper for some people. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're, just hold them and we'll, you're going from north of Corpus all the way down here and you don't have people to pick up your signs, I mean, that's... Okay, I'll I'll draft something and we could. Well, assuming that motion passes. Correct. Is there any other discussion? Apologies. Can we clarify the motion for record keeping purposes? The motion is to go backwards from the date of the election 60 days. That would be the first day the sign can go up and then have a 10-day removal period after the election. And then Ed's going to. And a removal process <laughs> and so forth. All that fun stuff and a. Penalty, penalty process, store it, you know. Maximum 60 days prior to election date. Perfect, thank you. My, mine was perfect or Joe's perfect? I'm going to put you on it. Yeah. <laughs> A good answer. <laughs> okay. Is there any other discussion? All right, hearing none, all in favor, please raise your hand. Opposed? Motion carries. I really thought, didn't think this was going to take an hour. All right. 5.6, discussion and action to authorize the city manager to enter into a contract with the best qualified firm for phase two side street improvements and a budget amendment in the amount of the bid selected. Alex. Mayor, City Council, Alex Sanchez, Public Works Director. Uh, we had uh, five bids uh, for this. Uh, it was for East Bahama, East Retama, and West Lantana. Uh, there was one that didn't sub, uh, submit their addendum, uh, so that's why we only graded four of them. And uh, based on the grades, we have RBM as being the lead, and very close close to RBM was foremost paving. 
uh, RBM was at uh, 1,226,915.96 and foremost was at 1,428,975 cents. So the, fir the first graded one or the top one was RBM, so. And what was the reason one was disqualified? Uh, they didn't sign the addendum or to submit the, that they received the addendum. But they included it, they just didn't? No, they didn't include it at all. Well, I'm just looking, and that was more will? No, that was uh, M, N, M, N, M Consulting. Contract, N, M, Contracting? Yeah, N, M, yeah. Contracting, okay, I see what LLC. You're saying there. No, I'm just looking at the bid sheet here, because I see the more-will is 1.1, and then. Yes, there were the, the, um, the lowest bid, but they're not the most qualified based okay. on the grades. That's what I wanted to make sure we were qualifying because I thought maybe we said the lowest bid. So, okay. So after researching all of the, the clients and going through it and making sure everything was there, you all are recommending RBM? Yes, sir. Okay. The bid that came in, was that close to your estimate? Yeah, the, my estimate was with the contingency was $1,074,000.59. So it's kind of within, within the, 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 the range. <coughs> Is RBM the company that did East Mars? Yes. Thank you. They did who? East Mars. Mars. I, that street came out really nice. I, that's, uh, they did it. And they're currently doing some side streets yeah, no. right now. Successfully. Would. So I'll make a motion to authorize city manager to enter into a contract with the best qualified firm uh, for phase two side improvements, side street improvements. Is there a second? Yes. So his, his motion is to authorize the city manager to enter into a contract with RBM and to approve a budget amendment and set amount. Okay. Is there, is there any other comments, questions? All right, hearing none, all in favor, please raise your hand. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. All right, 5.7, discussion and possible action to approve resolution number 2024-02 for the submission of a grant application for local border security program to the Office of the Governor to help prevent and reduce border-related cr criminal activity. Good Chief. evening, Mayor, City Council again. Claudia Carroll, Police Chief. So this is to provide us with additional funds to enhance the law enforcement presence and intelligence sharing. It's one of the grants that we work every year and uh, it goes to support added operations for the agency. Motion to approve. Second. Is there any other discussion? All right, hearing none, all in favor, please raise your hand. Opposed? Motion carries. 
Then we'll go to 5.8, which is discussion of possible action to approve resolution number 2024-02A for a submission of a grant application for Operation Stone Garden to the Office of the Governor to help prevent and reduce border-related criminal activity. Mayor, City Council, again, Colonial Carroll, Police Chief. This is uh, much like the grant before, Border Star. This is to enhance law enforcement operations and presence. And uh, we also get equipment from this grant. Um, every time we've applied for equipment, we've received equipment. So it definitely supports the police department. Motion to approve. Second. All right. Any other discussion? Hearing none, all in favor, please raise your hand. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Good luck. Uh, do 5.10, discussion and possible action to approve resolution number 2024-03, appointing one ex-officio member to the EDC. And who, if there is a motion, that recommend that they motion who, they're going, who they would want to appoint for that one-year term. Make a motion to approve and recommend the Councilwoman Langston. Second. Second. Third. <laughs> All right. Based on that, I'm going to have to ask, is there any discussion? Hearing none, all in favor, please raise your hand. Opposed? I think has an acceptance. No, abstain. Abstain. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I never liked those myself either. No. So, all right. Next up, we'll move to our last agenda item, which is discussion of possible action to appoint members to vacancies created by expiring terms and resignations to the following. Uh, Board of Adjustments and Appeals, the, Chris Huffman was appointed. And for economic development, you have Thomas Bainter, Will Everett, and Blake Henry were appointed. All right. And seeing that there's nothing left on our, our agenda, we are adjourned. Thank you.